Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure that you knew that my online knee course with Lenny Macrina is on sale for $200 off this week. If you want to learn exactly how to evaluate and treat the knee, you're going to love our comprehensive course where we cover our clinical examination, exercise progressions, and specific information on ACL, meniscus, patellofemoral, articular cartilage, osteoarthritis, and so much more. Plus, you can earn a ton of CEU credit. The course is on sale this week for $200 off. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash knee for more information and to sign up today. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we have another baseball-specific episode where Dave, Dan, and Mike just sit there and Lenny and I answer all the questions. So it's a great episode. So we, um, we, we, what are we talking about? I don't remember now. So we're talking about injury prevention programs in baseball players. We're talking about some concepts on GERD and what to treat. And then we finally talk about is there a correlation between UCL injuries and biceps pain. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We're up at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston. I'm here with Lenny McCrina, Dave Tilly, Dan Pope, Mike Scaduto, our, our three blind mice, <laughs> whatever, our three musketeers, our three blind mice. Of, three stooges? Uh, uh, three three stooges. Three stooges. Wait, we have plenty of episodes in the film, we'll see. <laughs> we, I, I like three stooges. We have our three stooges here, our PT clinical students here that are just kicking some butt. We have Haley Brinkman from University of North Dakota. Matt, Matty B. Birkenstein, the Birkinator, uh, from, um, where the heck, where are you from, University, University of Utah, University of Utah, and, and our, our, uh, our excellent veteran clinical student at this time, Brooks Klein Nevada. from UNLV. Brooks, take it away, my man. All right, Jennifer from West Hampton, Massachusetts. Our orthosurgeon saw the study um, from AJSM in 2018 about the prevention program for medial elbow injuries in youth baseball players out of Japan and was wondering if there was more research to support this. We've been doing a lot of ACL injury prevention with our high school athletes and would love to do something similar for throwing injuries. Any other studies you know of or thoughts on this? Thanks. Len, did you see that study? Um, I think it was just like a lot of exercise. Yeah, I think. It, was it, it was a combination of exercises and mobility drills. Yeah. Which we, we, I think we either shared it. We talked about it on EliteBaseballPerformance.com uh, at some point in time, but I think we did talk about that. But yeah. So I think the specific, I, I, off the top of my head, I'm, I'm close. It was like nine, nine uh, mobility drills, including like thoracic mobility, hip mobility. It wasn't just, just the arm. Um, and I think it might also have been nine. <laughs> to be honest, it might have been nine. Um, I, I wouldn't even know if I'd call them strengthening exercises. I think they just did like exercises with their gloves. It was like it was, it was like a warm up, uh, and it was from like eight to ten or eleven year olds, and they followed the injuries over time. But they did show that they had about a fifty percent reduction in the amount of injuries in that group compared to the control group. I think it definitely comes down to like everything works to an extent, but um, I don't know anybody any, any thoughts on that. I mean, I don't think there's any other literature on a, on a preventative on a preventative uh, program out there, but I think we all think it works sounds like we need to do that though 
Um, you know, for for me, I would say, you know, we we kind of do do that to an extent. We just don't have, you know, a research study supporting it, I guess. So, um, yeah, I mean, take all the literature from the ACLs and, and, you know, really try to, you know, see what they do. They're working on neuromuscular control. They're working on strength, you know, those types of things. Like, you know, take that for, you know, for us. And, man, I'd like to see if we can do an even better job because I didn't even like all the drills that they had in that in that article. Like, you know, they did sleeper stretch and stuff like that. Like, you know, they, didn't, they had a you know a bunch of different things in there but um you know i think if 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 i know actually one of the other results was that they didn't really get stronger i think lower trap was the only one that got stronger nothing else did but they didn't really do strength exercise mm-hmm. so imagine if you actually did strength exercises so um yeah so i guess to answer your question it was a it was a cool first look at this we probably need to design a better study yeah. right makes sense yeah. good all right all right that was an easy one what's up what do we got Haley? what do we got Rich from Madison. Hi, Mike and team. I'm a student PTA, and I'm currently completing a clinical rotation in an outpatient clinic. I gave an in-service on internal impingement of the shoulder and used, thank you, the Inner Circle webinars and other resources for my content. At the closing of my in-service, I was asked by a supervising PT, should we focus on gaining internal rotation if we find limitations, such as with throwers, if we already have extreme external rotation, then focusing on gaining internal rotation, wouldn't that create more instability within the joint? Thanks, guys. Brilliant. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. Wait, I, yeah, hear, no. I hear a Lenny rant coming. I hear, <laughs> hear, <laughs> you answered your own question? No, no, no. He didn't. His clinical instructor did. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, your, your clinical instructor is right. So, so <laughs> Gerd, Len, what do you think? Gerd, Len? <laughs> I mean, it's normal. We talked about this a bunch. So, What's normal? Internal rotation deficit is normal because of the bony adaptations that happen in the shoulder joint with throwing when they're, you know, around 10, 11, 12 years old. They get excessive external rotation. The capsule becomes more lax because of that. So it's a very normal adaptation that occurs. So to try to restore all that internal rotation, yes, it's probably going to cause more harm than good. Yeah, I mean, with, in a nutshell. The, the, yeah, the way we treat GERD is we don't compare internal rotation side to side. You know, we add a we add up ER and IR, we put it together in total rotational motion, and then we try to you know do a calculation to see if we do think it really is. I mean, if you have ten degrees less internal rotation, but you have ten degrees more external rotation, then you have equal total rotational motion, and I, I wouldn't mess with that. Yeah, the old school of internal rotation deficit GERD being 15, 20 degrees. Make sure you get it symmetrical, and everything. It's, it's it's gone. Yeah, I would. I, I don't. I don't even like any of the studies that try to show like a certain number is bad. I, I just I don't know I don't think I don't think that's accurate you know the, the way we treat GERD and just because you have a limitation in internal rotation you can't just blindly do stretches you can't just blindly do sleeper stretch you can't just blindly do posterior capsular moves you have to assess both sides with total rotational motion and, and figure and, it and out. look at flexion we're starting to think we're starting to see that flexion may be a culprit as well so if passive glenohumeral flexion on the table if that's limited then that might be something to to go after too, and then what's causing that is probably more soft tissue adapt soft tissue changes in the back of the shoulder joint, lats, teres, things of that nature that you probably need to work on, not necessarily stretching into internal rotation. So, I think nice. that's another thing. Nice, yeah. good, yeah, good one. So you got to you got to put it all together, right? So good, nice, Matt, Matty B, Birkenstock, and Stein. What up, buddy? <laughs> all right, so we got Jake from Birmingham. Great show. I was wondering if you all can speak about the relationship between the UCL and the bicep. I often hear people complain about bicep tightness before and after UCL reconstruction. Is there a, is there a relationship between tight biceps leading to UCL stress? Thanks. Ooh. All right, that's an interesting one. So biceps and UCL. Um, have you seen a correlation, Len? 
Um, I, I, no, I don't think so. I don't I haven't seen a lot of tight biceps after UCL, so maybe that's I'm missing something. Maybe it's I'm it's seeing me and I'm not seeing it, but maybe like maybe they're losing a little extension after a Tommy John. You're in Birmingham, so I know a lot of people are coming down to that area to probably have surgery, so you may be seeing a lot. Um, but they should get that motion back pretty, relatively easily. It could be anterior capsule, it could be biceps, um, brachialis. We just say it's biceps, but. Um, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. So I'm not. I don't see a correlation in my my people. I think Len's right. Like with the, those potential things, I just I'm I'm just I agree. I'm just I'm not sure any of those are actually you know the keep real. Keep in mind, they lose extension from throwing anyway. It's a normal adaptation. So if you measure bilaterally on baseball plays, this one might be zero. This one might be minus seven. You know, and that's very normal for them. So to try to get all that back after a surgery may not be realistic. Yeah, I, I think all the Lenny's things could be right, I, but I, I think I agree with Lenny here, too. I think we agree. I, I don't think there's a correlation. I, I But, you know, baseball players tend to get, you know, tightness and soreness in their biceps in general, just from eccentric yeah. deceleration of the elbow extensors. So, you know... Developing a parallel. Like, yeah, force I, yeah is force. it's just it's parallel. You know, if you if you hurt your elbow and you tore your Tommy John, then, you know, you probably pitch a lot, you're probably sore, so other stuff like your biceps probably come in. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think anybody's seen more Tommy Johns than us. Like you know, com- combined, and I would say I, I I would not put those two in the same group. So, awesome, great, cool baseball episode. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dave. You guys did great. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, thanks, students. Good stuff. But awesome, great episode, guys. We appreciate it. Head to MikeReynolds.com. Click on that podcast link, and you can ask us some questions. There's a form to fill out. You can ask us baseball stuff, which I, I just think time of the year we're getting a bunch of baseball questions. But also anything on fitness, uh, PT, rehab, sports, anything, whatever. We we'll figure it out. We'll answer your questions. We love them. So keep them coming. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeReynolds.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.